God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. Romans chapter 5. Oh, Lord Jesus. We're in Romans chapter 5. Every time I read chapter 5, I just get over, get over and over and over again. I'm going to ask anybody, I'm going to ask a question. Anybody can answer. When was the beginning of death as we know it? When was the beginning of death? In the garden. In the garden. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. And what are the consequences of death? What does the Bible say the consequences of death is? Consequences of separation from God. Separation from God. We have the consequences of wages of sin. So when we sin, there's a payment. We've worked to receive what? Death, right? So if we work when we sin to receive death, when we do good, we can receive blessings, right? Right? The key with God is we need to use his wisdom versus our wisdom. Because our wisdom is not wise. There's a way that seems right unto a man and the way thereof is what? Death. death. Okay? So if my wisdom leads me to death, my carnal wisdom, then the only way that I can move forward progressively, if all falls into this thing of moving forward progressively, I need to know what God is saying and doing and instructing me on how we can move forward. Okay? And we need to really get into that as the world is waxing worse and worse. We need to get closer to God through his word. Okay? So let's look at Romans 5, 14. Let's start right there. We're going to move real methodically and slow through this. Go ahead. Yet death resigned. Hold on. And we, and we read out of the ESV. So if you've had the King James, just follow along with us. Okay? Or any other version. All right? Go ahead. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Stop. So this death that reigned from what? Adam until Moses. So we had death before even the law came, right? Man has separated himself from God during that time between Adam and Moses. Now, let me ask another question about this death. Describe anybody off the top of your head. You don't have to definitely go there, but let's descri describe how do we end up in this death situation when it says Adam. What did Adam do? What did he do? He did what is made the forbidden. He followed his wife. And you know what? And I, and I want us, us to stop saying that in the sense of because in our society, when we say that, it's like a negative thing. He followed his wife. Well, I, that's part of the narrative, but the bigger narrative is he disobeyed God, right? Okay. Regardless of what he did, he did something God told us not to do, okay? But he didn't, he didn't know what the outcome was going to be because he had never experienced death. Remember, Adam was given dominion over everything, and as far as he knew, there was only what? Life. Death was foreign to him. So let's go to Genesis. Let's just see what exactly what this was. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And let's look at that. And I'm going to start at verse 6, and then you're going to pick up at 7, okay? It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, how can you see something good for food? Think about that. She saw that it was good for food. Genesis 3 and 6. She saw that it was good for food. Last time I know, last time I tested something, I had to taste it to see if it was good. But in our flesh, we will disregard what we know to do right and judge something right, and we'll do something that will allow us to do what we ain't supposed to do. So instead of she wasn't supposed to taste it at all, but think about this: for me to know that it's good for me, I'd have to taste it. But she just used her what? Her eyes. The first one, lust of the eye. How many of you guys have 
saw something that you know that you shouldn't have, but you wanted it anyway. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, I mean, it, you, 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 you saw. She saw that it was good for food. You, she determined. I think about it. She determined in her mind that it was good for food. So, because I see it and it looks good, I should eat it. Because I see it and he look good, I should date him. Because she look good, I should go out and ask her for her number. Lust of the eyes is a, is a, is a, is a strong desire in our hearts. Okay, and God has used that, that lust, that, that desire. Don't think of lust always being sexual. I'm using lust in the classical word of strong desire, overriding, common sense, and God. Okay, that's what lust is. Okay. It overrode her common sense and God because God told her to leave that tree alone. Okay, go ahead to the next verse. Verse 7. Mm -hmm. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Mm -hmm. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Mm -hmm. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Stop right there. See, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Go back to the three and um, uh, three and four. Let's start at three and four. But the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." The next thing, and really the first thing, is that they told him that they would be like God, right? Knowing good for evil, they will become wise like God. Wise like God, in pursuit of of so-called godly wisdom, the devil tricked them by using their own wisdom against them. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eye. So many of us are fooled by our own psychological makeup, our own philosophies. Each person in this room has a theology, meaning our relationship and our understanding on how we should relate to God. Okay, each person's room has their own personal philosophy of life. It may be a mixture, and it's a mixture of your experiences. But it normally causes us to be unwise when it comes to the things of God, because we make most of our decisions by emotion, not by thinking. And I'm gonna use thinking as thinking about what God thinks about it, and not what you think about it. Okay, so our first taste of death was due to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Okay. All of us experience death because Adam is our federal head. Now, that was the sin that plunged all of us into death. So one of these things about death is what sentence cannot be reversed in this death from Adam? What, what, sin, is, what sin cannot be what can What consequence cannot be changed? Death itself. We are all decaying as we sit here. I don't care how many cosmetics you buy. I don't care how many creams you put on. I don't care how much vitamins you take and how well you work out. You are still decaying. I remember five years ago when I had my beard, it was black, and now this thing is white if I let it grow. No black in it at all. And I'm like, what happened? I'm getting old. I'm decaying. Wake up in the morning, I feel like a box of Rice Krispies. Like some milk been poured on me and I'm just snap, crackle, and popping. I got to move stuff first before I use it. <laughs> okay? But that's the but that's the natural process. That was that was the consequences of sin. Okay. That's the consequences of sin. So so with that, death reigned from Adam until Moses. Now, we know death reigned past Moses, but he's just given a time frame in which death came into the world. And not only do we have the death from our federal head, we also have what? We also have the sins that we commit ourselves, right? Because we're born in sin and shaped in this iniquity, okay? David said in the Psalms, I was conceived in iniquity in my mother's womb. It doesn't mean that, that, that uh, his mother had illicit sex. What it means is David understood he was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In the conception, you were conceived in sin. The little angels that we call angels are conceived in sin. It has nothing to do with your marital status. Okay, every human is born, born in sin, 
and shaped in iniquity. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. Go ahead. What verse you want? Tell me what verse you want. I'm at the end of 14. Okay, start do 14 again. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So Adam is a type of the one who was to come. Who was the one that came? Jesus. But if I just read this on the surface, if Adam was a sinner, I would think the one to come would be a sinner, wouldn't I? Because if you're a type of somebody else, then you would have the attributes of somebody else. But there's, this type is going to be antithetical and different than the type. The only type that we're talking about is he has a federal headship too. He's like Adam in that. And he's a firstborn like Adam. But his purpose is totally different. And, that, and this is where the wisdom of man bounces up against and is contrary to the wisdom of God. Because when we think of God, how little is your God? And I can tell by the way you live how little your God is. Because you reflect your theology. So we're back to how you think. You reflect your, who, what you believe. You do what you want to do, don't you? Yeah, you do what you want to do. You can sit there and lie to yourself and pretend like you don't, but you do what you want to do. When you, when you want to do right, guess what you'll do? You'll do right. And when you decide, well, maybe... I can get away with it. You do You'll do wrong. That's right. And you know, and the thing about saints, we know better. Yes. We're not talking about the deep theological stuff that you know you got to go to seminary and sit under my teaching or sit under some good Bible teacher to get. I'm talking about your basic day-to-day -day life. Do you lie? Don't say nothing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That, I'd rather for you say yes and you don't. Then say no, then you because if you lie, you say you don't lie. You lie, and the Bible says what? The truth is not in you. Okay? And there's no such thing as a little white one. No. And so there's no such thing as a big black one, okay? <laughs> lie is lie. And why do we lie? Because we're liars. It ain't that we, it's not that we commit a lie and then we become a liar. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and one of the things we do is lie. And the greatest lie that we tell is deceiving ourselves through our thinking. We back to our own theology, okay? Go ahead, read. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Stop. Let's think about what was just said here. For the free gift is not like the trespass. So the free gift is not like who? Who? What? What's the trespass? What's the trespass he talking about? The sin. Who? Adam's Adam sin. So let's just let's just fell this out our own minds. But the free gift is not like the sin of Adam. For it for if many died, which through Adam, through one man, trespass, through one man's sin, through Adam's sin, much more have what? The, gift, the, grace. the grace of God and the what? And the free gift. So now what we have is two opposing positions. We have what Adam did to plunge mankind into death. And then we have what Jesus has done to give us life. And it starts off with what? Grace. So Adam worked and he gave us sin. Jesus' grace gifted us life. Adam's work gave us sin, and Jesus' work gave us life. And our own works give us sin. And we don't have to work for God's grace. Because the fact if we had to work for God's grace, it wouldn't be grace. It would be a work. And that's the mystery of the church. Because no matter what we do, it's quite fascinating to me. We preach grace and law at the same time confusing the people because you can't imagine a God that is so gracious. You can't imagine a God who is so merciful. And, and it's wrapped up in this statement. It's a what? Free gift. It's a free gift. 
It's a free gift, which means you didn't earn it and you didn't pay for it. Think about when you get Christmas presents, somebody bought that present, right? Other than you, right? So it's free to you, but it did cost. So even though the gift is free to you, it did cost. And who did it cost? It cost God his son. It was Jesus. Jesus was the one who purchased this free gift of our salvation. And God requires for those who want to be saved, you got to believe in the gift. You got to believe in the gift. Go ahead, read. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. So it doesn't do it doesn't do what the one man's so it doesn't plunge us into this darkness. Go ahead. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. Mm -hmm. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So now we got we got the free gift. The one man, Adam, brought condemnation to the whole world. The one man, God, Jesus, brought about justification and righteousness. Meaning justification is one of those legal words that means you have been made right before God, but not through your own works, but through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. That's like revolutionary. Because in America, you work and you get paid. But for this thing, this economy with God, God did the work, God did the sacrifice, and God provided the way, and what you do is get imputed justification, imputed righteousness. It's not a righteousness of your own, it's a righteousness of his. Amen. Christianity for the Gentile is so simple. And that's what I'm trying to teach you. 90% of this book is written to the Jews for the Jews. But in the epistles we have the Gentile nations being called the body. The Jews are not called the body of Christ. Only the Gentiles. And what sometimes in error, and it's not a malicious error, you hear that you must do this. You must do that. You must do this. Do, 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 do. I'm not taking away from the fact that you should. I'm taking away that that doesn't get you saved. All you should do is work within your sanctification, which is different from your salvation. See, once you pull me out and I'm drowning, I'm saved. Once you pull me out the fire, I'm saved. And salvation is eternal, not situational. Salvation is eternal. I'm saved for eternity, not for temporary. And I know it's hard for you to deal with that because you don't want to, because you want to condemn people. You want to look at that next person and say, well, they're not living right. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. But I remember when I, instead of being on this side of the podium, I was on this side. Not living right. Okay? And if it was truth what that person said and the condemnation that I, they put on me, then by what they said, I had no hope. Because I thought if I just stopped drinking, I'd be right with God. I thought if I just stopped going to the club, I'd be right with God. I thought if I just stopped fornicating, I'd be, that God's going to look at my work and decide to give me salvation. But that's contrary to what you just read. It's a what kind of gift? Free. Now, this therein lies our psychological mess up. Because it's free, we don't appreciate it. Everybody tell you, when you get something free, you don't really appreciate it. How many of y'all got Christmas gifts y'all had when y'all was 10? <laughs> Not me. I kind of looked around the house and I said, do I have anything from last year? <laughs> because I don't, I, I appreciate it at the moment. But, I, it, but, but it really didn't mean nothing to me as, as time went on. But see, this gift from God's salvation, God says it's a free gift. And the Bible tells us that no one can pluck us from his hand. And because no one can play. He said neither death nor life, no angel or principality, no things present, no things to come. He, he said the whole scope of what I created can't remove you from my salvific power because if it could be removed, it didn't work. The blood of Jesus does not depend upon you. The blood of Jesus depends solely upon God. Period. Ain't a discussion. I can't help because you don't understand the mystery of that. I understand you want to run the law. I understand that you want to run the Hebrew. But you're not reading the Bible right. That was written to Jews. That's why the title says Hebrews. There's a different relationship from us. 
We can learn from them because guess what? They made all the mistakes, didn't they? From Genesis to Revelation, they made all the mistakes. Abraham, I mean, Adam was not a Jew. Abraham was the first Jew, okay? But there was sin before there was the law. There was no law between uh, uh, Genesis and, and Moses. You know what I'm saying? Abraham, uh, Adam and Moses. But the Bible says that they all, we read in Romans, it made no difference because they all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So whether you was a Jew, in the in given this responsibility of the, you know, the, the only response of Jews was for us to let us to be the nation that God picked to show us who God was. They were supposed to be an example for the rest of the world. But what ended up happening? They became like the world, didn't they? First thing they did when they became like the world is what's the, what's the first thing they did? Does anybody know that made them like the world? What did they see in the lust of the eye? What in lust of pride of life? What did they see the other nations had that they wanted? A king. A king. Why can't we have a king like everybody else? You mean God that parted the Red Sea and brought you across the Jordan, and walls and fell down, and y'all want a king? No, I want God. But we always want that person, that man, that woman. We call it the modern day, the anointed people. That person's so anointed. You're really looking at them because you want to be like them. You hope that that, that is just, it's just that simple. But guess what? I'm going to tell y'all something. For the, for the people who visit, we have a lot of fun, but I'm serious. There's not a person who's saved that's more anointed than the next. Amen. Now, they may have an assignment, a responsibility that's different from yours, but the Bible teaches us that we're part of the body of Christ, and the hand can't say to the ear that you ain't no good. Amen. We are all woven together, and therein lies our problem at church because church normal hierarchy sets up this us versus them type situation. This pulpit, this this magical area where women can't go into, sets up that that us versus them. Okay, I'm not saying there's not specific roles for men and women, but we create these these geographical boundaries that's not being created by God because you're still going to the Jewish stuff. The Galatians didn't have a pulpit. The Romans didn't have one. The Thessalonians didn't. These were pagan nations. So to sit there and tell them about but Jewish rituals, who did that to the, to, the, to, the, to the Gentiles? The Judaizers would come behind Paul and say, you do this, you do that. First thing you men need to do, I know y'all 50, 60, 70 years old, y'all got to circumcise. But the Bible we read in Romans, circumcision only available if you're hard to circumcise. So anything you do external, it don't oppress God. God said his word. Your works are like what? He doesn't change. Under grace, your works don't become better. Under grace, your works become complex. Get that in your head. Just because under God, under saved folk, your works become covered by the grace of God. There is a common grace. What is considered common grace? What do you think? Uh, what do you think common grace would be? Anybody? What's common grace? What is common grace that we all share, no matter where you are in the world? There you go. The fact that you can take your next breath is a common grace, right? Everybody on the planet, sinner or saint, can take a next breath if the God wants them to, right? Amen. But then there's the grace that's given to the believers to do, to give them a second chance to do God's will. And therein lies how we move. We don't do anything to earn God's favor. We do because God gave us some favor. I appreciate his mercy. I appreciate the renewal of his mercies every morning. I appreciate the grace that's given to me that's common and special to do what I need to do in Christ. And that's how I move. That's how I do. That's what I present to God. Not my works as earning, but my works as appreciation. Isn't that a much better way to deal with God than this rule thing? Because guess what? If the rule was you, everybody should got to do 20 push-ups to get to God. <laughs> Some of us would not make it. And what would happen is somebody could do 50. And now if God is based upon that, because his law is very strict. There is no gray area. And when you try to live under the law, you always fail. The, the purpose of the law is to point out your inability to do it. 
How many of you have a job? Here, raise your hand. Just a job somewhere, anywhere. Okay. How many of you have a clock on your job that you punch? Raise your hand. How many of you have some kind of card or something? Or log into your, let me log into your computer to show that you're at work. Okay. Question. Why did they, why don't they just let you show up at work and you work? Why you got to log in? And why they don't trust you? Because of, because of sin. Because of sin. They know that you're a liar and a thief. Yeah. And if you could, you steal some time. Yeah. <laughs> some people all have been taught growing up, if you're supposed to be at work at 7, you get there at 6.30. Some of us have reclined ourselves, we're supposed to be at work at 7, and we get there at 7.15. Or we're supposed to be at 7, and we got first, hold on, we're at our desk, but now we got to go get some coffee. And then we got to go to the water thing. And then we got to go get a soda for later. And now it's 7.30 before we do any work. Okay? The law, the restrictions, the prohibitions that we see in life are there because we know that the law points out the fact that we are sinners. We can't do it. Okay? So anytime you got a prohibition on your job, they come to the conclusion that if I don't have this prohibition, they're not going to adhere to what they do, know to do good. They're not going to show up at 8 o'clock if they didn't have to clock in. They're not going to show up at 8 o'clock if they didn't have to log in. Because them logging in affects their what? Shit. So think about this. Your sin of being a liar and a thief will affect your wages. And your, your goodness of showing up on time will affect your wages because you'll get paid what you agree to get paid. But I've been a supervisor for a long time. And it's amazing me how people argue against the clock. Mm. I was here. What they got to do with you signing in? Mm. You saw me. Again, what does it have to do with you signing in? Right. Okay? So again, our, 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 our proclivity is to do what's wrong. But in God's economy, the gift that was given to us gives us an opportunity to do right. Grace is simply the opportunity to get a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. And you need to take advantage of it. And, and I'm going to say this. There's people who take advantage of it and there's people who take advantage of it. There's people who use the advantage of a grace for wrong and not appreciate God. Remember in chapter 1 of Romans, what was their problem? They worshiped the what? Creation. More than they did the what? Creator. Okay. They worship the things that were created by God more than the than, than God himself. And they turned the truth of God into a what? Into a lie. So, so this is our, this is who we are. This is who we are. We have the opportunity to grace to turn God's truth. And he said, they even didn't have the law should know that there's a God because of creation. Because if there's a creation, there's a creator. You can't have a creation without a creator. And science is slowly proving that. Okay? But as far as you and how you go deal with God is by grace, okay? Go ahead and read. For if, verse 17, for mm -hmm. if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, mm -hmm. much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So in other words, one man's unrighteousness plunged into death. The man, God, Jesus' righteousness plunged us into, gave us eternal life. Not temporal life, eternal life. It justified us before God. So your sins could be forgiven. So that you are made righteous with him. Okay? But man's wisdom says again, I have to earn it. I have to deserve it. I'll come to church. I'll come to Bible study. i hang out with Christian folk. Those are all good things. Again, I don't take those away from you. But realize this, that doesn't impress God. Why would, this is like this. There's a part in the Bible, and I can't remember where it's from. It says, basically, why should you get a, a reward for doing what you're supposed to do? Anyway. Think about it. If anybody got parents there, my parents are like this. Why should I give you an allowance? Because you made up your bed. Why should I give you allowance? Because you take out the trash. Don't you eat every day? 
My father made it clear to me, I'm giving allowance because I'm gracious, not because you earned it. You're supposed to get good grades. Amen. Now, if that motivates you that I'm going to give you something to get good grades, realize this. You haven't really did enough to earn what I'm going to even give you. So it's by my grace and my mercy I give you because guess what? You want your allowance even when you get bad grades. So God is not like that. God is saying, look, there's no good gift that he would not give you. He told you that. And the best gift that he gave you is salvation. Now you'll spend the rest of your life trying to unpack salvation unless you go to the wisdom of man. And that's where we always end up. Some of us have some strange philosophies about God. And that's why I'm saying, how big is your God? Y'all can say touch and agree and do all that all you want. Okay? But I'm asking you a question, and y'all know the question. How does that really work for you? And most people, they tell the truth. It hasn't. So this is not a spell book. This is about a book of faith. And because you do something external, it don't impress, oppress, impress. It actually oppresses you when you try to work. When we try to make it a spell. It frees you when you know God is in control. All I need to do is walk out on faith. I can do this. I don't need to come to the church house. I don't need the pastor. I don't need anybody but me and God. And if one of my brothers and sisters want to come along with me, that's even better. But needing them because they so anointed? No. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't espouse to that because now what you're doing is putting faith in that person. You think you think you put your faith in God, but you really, if that person don't show up, you mean you can't do nothing. But you're supposed to be, you, the Holy Ghost supposed to be in you. The Holy Ghost that created the heavens and the universe is in you, and God sent it back to be with you, and your, your, your uh, 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 paraclete is in you. The one who, your attorney, your Perry Mason of the Holy Spirit is in you, and you can't do nothing. You can't make no decisions. Well, that's your problem. I stopped getting on pastors. You know why? Because ain't the pastor's fault your ears are closed. Your ears are closed because you sin. Y'all know, you know, I'm just straight with you. I mean, I understand. And, I, and I'm saying this things because guess what? When I sin, guess what happens to my ears? They close. They close. That's why we got to have a repentance. They, another free gift, repent. But we don't never want to admit that we do wrong, do we? Just, mm -hmm. No, we don't. Uh -uh. Well, you know what? <laughs> No, we don't want to do. Go to go. To, so I'm gonna show you some more wisdom, man. What Paul says. Go to First uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse ten. So verse, I'm sorry, verse verse nineteen. First Corinthians. Hold 13. on. Start now. Hold on. Oh yeah, let's start at seventeen. First Corinthians three, seventeen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's start at seventeen. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And you are the, that temple. So who's the temple of God? And, and let me let me just think about this. I don't, I don't if I'm the temple of God, then the Holy Spirit resides within the temple. The body, which is me, which I'm the temple. And the God says, if you destroy the temple, he will destroy you. Now he's talking to Gentiles. He's talking to Jews. He's saying, look, this is how this works. Don't spend so much tr your time trying to please the flesh because that destroys the body. A lot of your problem is you spend too much time trying to please your flesh. And my, 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 hold up, for me, see I don't talk about y'all, for me, my extra girth is an example of that. You know, girth is, I'm trying to say my size. You just want me to say it, didn't you? Okay. All right. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Amen. 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 So, okay, go ahead, read. Verse what? Oh, we in first Corinthians. Uh-huh. 18. Let no one deceive himself. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. So in other words, if your philosophy is centered around your experiences, you need to become a fool for God. I can listen to you and tell you if you have a godly philosophy that's based upon the word of God or you have made up some mulligan stew type philosophy, a little bit of God mixed with a, bit, a little bit of you, mixed with a little bit of your grandparents, mixed a little bit with this, a little bit with that. I appreciate your grandparents and I know they're good and cuddly and all that stuff and some going on the glory. But I think that they in glory right now, they tell you, listen to God, don't listen to people. Amen. 
there's a level of wisdom that comes over time and there's a level of foolishness that comes over time and there's no fool like a what fool because you can't convince them in nothing they stubborn they locked in to going to hell and they, they they'll hold on and they don't want to believe it they know it but they don't want to believe it go ahead let I'm no sorry. one start back up 18. I'm sorry, 18. Let no one deceive himself. If mm-hmm. anyone amongst you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Okay. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. Stop. He catches the wise in their craftiness. So you said, well, Pastor, how does it have to relate to the free gift? If you don't believe in the free gift, you are using manly wisdom to judge God's word. See, when you don't believe what God say, and you try to juxtapose your experiences to God, you're judging God's word. What you're saying is, God's word can't be true. But God told us, let my word be true in every man alive. See, see, the problem is, is your mind. Your mind is not set on things above. You're trying to get through the day. And I'm trying to tell you, if you set your things on above, you'll have the tools to get through the day. But if you're so focused on what's next and not what's eternal, you'll end up in a place that you'll be playing. You'll deceive yourself. And let me tell you, deceivers like hanging around other deceivers so that they can believe what they want to believe. Some of the most foolish statements come from people who listen to other foolish people. Ain't that right, Deaconess? That's right. I like I call her Peter because she's gonna tell the truth. She's just gonna tell the truth. She trying and, and again we all a work in progress. We all a work in progress. Yeah. But see, the more you appreciate the free gift of grace and mercy, you'll find out that that you just won't do some things that you used to get enjoyment out of. Because your wisdom has changed to godly wisdom. Okay, read the uh, twenty. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Mm-hmm. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, Cephas. Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. Think about how many, how, what's yours? How much is all yours? Oh. All. Now watch this. It just verified what I told you. We got the free gift. We got the grace due to the work on the cross. Now all things are yours because you've been justified. Why y'all looking at me? I understand I'm supposed to teach you these things, but think about this. He just said to you, Paul, hey, Paul, Cephas, hey, why are you tripping off the personality and not looking at what I'm trying to do is set you free? Our church, we love each other, but we not know it. Our, my, our stance, my stance is if you need me, call me. If you don't need me, hallelujah. <laughs> prayer is such a great tool that guess what? I don't have to be in front of you to pray. Amen. 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 And the Bible tells me, one story was when somebody prayed, I, get, I think I'm trying to think who this was, and an angel was dispatched immediately. He prayed and the angel came. The Bible tells you the prayers of the righteous avail as much, meaning that God answers prayers in lightning speed time if they need to be answered because sometimes we pray amiss and the answer is already given and we're trying to pray out of what God said. See, that's the fool. You, there you go, thank you. You don't want to accept what God ruled already on. A lot of times, how many of y'all sometimes don't hear from God? On certain circumstances and life things that you go through. You know why you know? You already know the answer. You already know the answer. Either you should do something or you shouldn't do something, but you already know the answer. You just a lot of times we just need to stop doing stuff. Just stop. Stop. Don't sit here and run up your credit cards this season. And then take your cards to no altar for King Jesus to pay for it out of his riches and glory, okay? Don't don't fall for that trickery. Don't, 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 don't take, don't take your hard-earned money 
and go to a delivery service this holiday and think that you're going to get you're going to double down like the lottery. Again, I challenge anyone in this room, if you ever go, I'm not telling you not to go. I want you to go. But I want one of y'all get brave enough. I tell you what, raise your hand and stand up where everybody quiet and let them come over and let them come over to you and let them get close to you and say you want to say something. Say, this prophet, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, instead of me getting it in my mail, why don't you give me some of your money and you get yours in your mail since you don't know anyone of God. Why don't you wait? Why I got to, hold up, you the one got it going on. So why don't you give me what you got and then why don't you get if he's willing to give me double for my money you the man of God. You the woman of God. He'll give you triple if you give to me. Yeah. But they ain't going to tell you that. They're going to take your money and tell you yours will be in the mail and then you, you'll be mad because it never comes and then what happens? You'll be mad at God. Don't be mad at God. Be mad at yourself. You know better. You try to get something for nothing. Or something for something, but you want more than you started with. Okay? So we have to be careful as we go into this season and not use our own wisdom. Because the only thing we should be concentrating on as church is doing good and saving souls. Amen. Amen. First, people know that you are my disciples by the way you what? Love each other. And then we practice James 126 and 127. If you want a religion that's undefiled before God, it is this. That you go, they basically go, and I'm paraphrasing, go visit the widows and orphans in their affliction and stay unstained from the world. Meaning that the world has no more dominion over you. The world doesn't have that control over you anymore. Okay? You don't have that. Staying unstained from the world is simply the world doesn't have control over you. You don't let what they say rule you. You let what God tell you. And if God, if God, you know, I tell people, if God puts something on you in your heart to do, do it. Because the Bible says if you know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. It's, it's really simple. But we make it so hard because the most pastors want you to just look up to them and follow them all the rest of the days of your life and be dependent upon them and hear them and do for them. And again, I thank God for y'all doing for me what you do. But I want y'all to be independent. I want to preach myself and teach myself out of a job. I want to make you so strong in the Lord that you can stand before any devil by yourself. You ain't got to look to the left or the right because the word of God is written on your heart. That's what I want to make you do. I want you to be able to stand up and be blessed like I'm being blessed. You know, you want to talk about natural material blessings? I, let, let me tell you what happens, has happened to me every month for the past seven months. And it happens more than once. I'm in line. And somehow or another, the person behind the line, the person behind me, all of a sudden somebody will say, they don't know who I am. They'll say, let me pay for that. Let me get that disc. Oh, uh, uh, the man behind the line say, oh, today ain't Saturday. You know, they had a discount on Saturday at the uh, dollar store in our neighborhood across the street on ours. Every, if, you, if you get a thing, they get, they get uh, $5 off every Saturday, no matter what you buy. On, on the dollar store, right across on ours. Yeah, right across from now, right across from you, where we go, they can do five dollars. Okay, this was Thursday. The man say, the man from the account, let me get that thing and push, push this code in so you get another discount. I didn't ask for it. That's God. That's God showing me favor. See, I thank God for the five dollars. Because it had worked like this. I came in Wednesday, got it. Thursday was another lady. She gave it to me. Now. Were they giving it to other people? Yes, they were. I, I, I'm not looking at it like me by myself. Right. I look at the fact that God saw fit to give it to me. Amen. You know, Amen. we go places and things happen. And it's, and it's little stuff that God gets me paid. That grace of God is so powerful. I just look at the little stuff that happened and to give God some thanks. Because it could have went another way. It could have been you. It could have been your family. No. When people go on to glory, guess what? They're going on to a better thing. You still got to deal with this world back there. And guess what? If that person could come back, they wouldn't. Because they were God. We the ones messed up. We the ones still got to toil and work hard and, and all of this stuff. But you know what? I've I learned through all this tragedy that I go through because man has promised trouble all the days of his life. Because of God's grace, I can still go forward. Because of the free gift, I can still go forward. Okay? Let's go back to Romans and we're done. 
What verse you at? 17. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. 18. 18. Go ahead. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, mm -hmm. so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Justification. What for all men? Life. One man's what? One man's one what? One man's trespass. No, one man's righteousness. Righteousness. Right? Yes. Leads to life for all men, right? Yeah. Okay. So one man's trespass put us into sin. One man's righteousness, which is the work on the cross by Jesus, his obedience to God led to righteousness. Mm -hmm. By one man's obedience to God gave us righteousness. By one man's obedience. Any, any, any of you people in here like sales? I do. Have you ever bought something like buy one, get one free? Or buy one, get two free? Or buy two, get five free? <laughs> buy one, get five free. By one, many are saved. By one. If in the natural world, if they set up for you, you could buy one and get five free and two free and all that stuff, how much more if you tell people about the buy one Jesus that can save the many? It's a play on words. Buy one. B-U-Y, B-Y. In the natural world, you buy one, get five free. You, you ecstatic. That's true. But buy one, B-Y, all men can be saved. And that's why the scripture tells us when one person gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. And I just read that you have all power according to his riches and glory. You don't have to look for no one to give you your anointing. You've given the anointing at the point of your salvation and you spend the rest of your time trying to live out the power that's in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Okay. It says I can do things ascendingly above all I can what? According to the what? Where is that power? That works in you. So in other words, you got the power because of the free gift. Think about this. You are giving godly power and you still tore up. Because God doesn't base his giving power on your goodness, as we read. He saved us while we were still what? Sinners. That's enough to make me just want to do right. Because guess what? I realized that he gave me something I didn't deserve and earn which was salvation. And now because I'm beginning to understand, I always say beginning because I want more and more, I'm beginning to understand salvation, I do good. I'm less tempted because I love God. Amen. Just that simple. Amen. I don't have to go take a cold shower. I love God. Amen. I don't have to not have my checkbook from myself. I love God. So what I want to do with the resources that God has given me, my talents, I want to please God with them. And sometimes pleasing God is not bringing your tithe into the church. That's what you want to do. Continue tithe. But, but you know what? I, I, Curling brought that to me. Some of y'all brought that to me. There's money that I have and I want to do. Uh, I told this person, they wanted, should I bring their money into the church or should I do good with it to somebody? You know my answer going to be 100% of the time. Go do good. God will take care of us. God would actually give us what you was going give, to give us even the more because you gave it to somebody else in good faith. I know that's how it works because I've tried it. So remember, you have this free gift. We'll pick up, we'll pick up where we left off at after the holiday. But, but remember, you got this free gift. You have this power. It's free. It costs God everything. It costs you nothing. But you, the Bible says in John 3.18, I believe, 3.17-18, it talks about the kind of, he said he didn't send his son to condemn the world. But through him, all those who believe might be saved, right? And he said, the reason why he didn't send his son in to condemn the world because you're condemned already because you don't believe in the free gift. That's the key to this thing. Because you don't believe in the free gift, you're condemned already. I don't have to condemn you. So don't worry about what people talk about you. If you say sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost, they don't talk. talk about you. Because they're not. All right? So let's pray. Oh, grace and only Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word and thank you for your free gift. Lord, continue to show us the unpacking of this gift in the rest of 2019 and 2020 as it comes upon us. Lord, let us make good decisions and righteous decisions that we may do right by all men. And Lord, especially by the household of faith. Lord, bless those who are mourning that they might be happy one day. And continue to watch over those who are sick that they might be healed. 
Lord, watch over and protect each family member that's represented here today. And look after them. Keep them and uplift them. Look after every baby <laughs> that's here and every baby that's in the womb to come. Lord, bless those who are in relationships that are good, holy, and righteous. Lord, let us lean not to our own understanding and dealing with each other, but let's lean on the mighty word of God. Lord, bless our service coming this Sunday and bless our wanting to and doing good for those who can't take care of themselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walker Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to invite all those in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue. That's W-A-L-L-I-S Avenue 63114 in Overland, Missouri. Our Dig Deeper Bible Studies are held 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Our Rescue Addiction Recovery class is being held at 7 p.m. on Mondays. We want you to come enjoy the love of God, worship with us, and go line by line and verse by verse as we travel through the Bible. We look forward to seeing you, and one of the things you can leave at home is your wallet. We want you to come sit back, enjoy the fellowship, the love, and the great teaching that goes on at Walking Truth. This is Pastor Jay. I always want you to be encouraged to be blessed, and thank you for considering us as your place of worship. Hello, this is Pastor Jay. I'm excited to invite you to come over to listen to our broadcast on YouTube. Yes, Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church on YouTube. We have some great videos over there and you'll be able to listen to all the lessons and the podcast. So again, subscribe, like, and continue to comment and listen. This is Pastor Jay. Talk to you later. Peace. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church. I always get a question. How do I find you other than Facebook? Well, all you have to do from your smartphone or computer is Google Walk in Truth Radio, Dr. James Sutton. And there will be many platforms to listen to the broadcast from. You pick the one that you enjoy. We are on every podcast platform. If you go to your favorite podcast platform and just search Walk in Truth Radio, you'll see the footprint and that's us. You can subscribe there or simply Google us and listen to the latest broadcast of Walk in Truth Radio, where we teach the Bible line by line and verse by verse. So again, Google Walk in Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton and look for the icon of the footprint in the sand. Peace.